This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think this is probably among my favorite Coen Brothers films. Definitely top five. I had forgotten a lot that happened in it and really, really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it to people. If you kind of like Westerns, then um, you, you, you will probably like it. But I think if you're a fan of the Coens and, and you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. And the, the three main performances are really good. Are you not a fan of snakes? <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm very afraid of snakes, and he normally gives me a snake warning. Snake I almost, warning. Did, I almost texted you saying thank you for no snake warning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt, I felt guilty for not giving you one. I'm really sorry. Hello, everyone. Joining Flix Watch today, we have Matthew. Hello. Emily. Hello. And Kobe. Hello. And we're here to talk about True Grit. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Thanks for listening. Joining Flix Watcher, we have Matthew and Emily. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hello, I'm Matthew Turner. I'm a film critic. I've been a film critic for 22 years and I am the co-host of the, the Fatal Attractions podcast with uh, with Emily and our, and our other co-hosts, Leslie and Paul. And who are you, Emily? You're returning guests. My name is Emily. You know, I'm normally a working SEO, but I am a big film fan. And so I am the co-host of a Fatal Attraction podcast. We've been going on for five years. We're about to record our 89 episodes. And uh, Matt, talk to talk about more about the podcast. So myself and Emily and Leslie, Leslie Pitt and Paul Costello uh, basically started the podcast through because um, through a mutual interest on Twitter. The four of us were chatting about how much we loved erotic thrillers on Twitter. And, you know, somebody said, oh, it should be a blog post. And somebody else said, oh, no, it should be a podcast. And, we were like, and then we were like, no, actually, it should be a podcast. Should mm-hmm. we, Should we, in fact, do a podcast? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the four of us the four of us started one. There was a fifth person, but they dropped out, like, just before we were about to start it. So oh, really? we, could have, we were and originally going to yeah. have a fifth co-host. But, um, yeah, I think it works really well with the four of us. We've got, we've got four very different voices and, you know, we're four very different people. And I think it would bring a good approach to it. Yeah, awesome. And so I, so... Yeah, I mean, 
I'm 51, so I'd seen all of those films that we cut, co- all the 90s films that we covered on the, you know, on their original kind of cinema release, and the others had, had either seen some of them in the cinemas or had basically caught up with them. And there's always like an interesting story about how they first saw them. Yeah. Um, but they, with certainly the first 50 that we covered, we covered kind of all our favourites from the 90s, and uh, yeah. And that, so it was always like, oh, you know, I used to see it in my in my video shop all the time, and yeah. I, you know, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't resist the cover, and mm-hmm. you know, so we try and kind of. It's well, not just like looking at the film; it's also kind of our own relationship to the film. Well, I mean, the the big one, obviously, is is uh, maybe not obviously is, is Basic Instinct. And I remember when like that came out in the cinemas, and my people in my school were like, "Have you heard about this film, Basic Instinct?" This, um, so I was like, "When when did Basic Instinct come out?" It was like ninety three or something like that. Ninety two. Ninety two. So I it's, it's 30, so I was twelve. Thirty. Yeah. 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 So I was twelve when that came out, and then when it came on TV, on ITV. And it was massively cut down. And I remember, you know, remember that kind of furor like, the next day. Just teen boys across yeah, exactly. the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do, I, I do like the aspect of your podcast where people, you kind of talk about the first time, your first interaction with these things. And then obviously kind of, I don't know, the specialist and um, everything else that Madonna got involved in. Um, body of evidence. Yeah, there was, a, there was a discussion, which is better, body of evidence or basic instinct. <laughs> clearly basic instinct basic instinct for me is the is the sine qua non and the, uh, the without which nothing of the erotic thriller genre I think it wouldn't whilst you might have had like the occasional film the, the boom in the 90s that was direct, yeah. the direct result of basically of the success of basic instinct it was like, and it is just the best of them we do a I do a I keep um now the others kind of disagree on the order, but I keep a <laughs> uh, like a ranking of all the of the eighty nine episodes we've done so far on Letterboxd, and um, basic instinct has always been at the top of that list. For you, yeah, it's it is at the for top. Me, yeah. For me, it's probably top three. But yeah. Okay. But, I think all I think all of us have got it in the top in the top yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. And do you go into foreign language films as well? Or is it always yeah? In, yeah? We do. Oh. We not um not for the first fifty, but we we have done more recently. We've had I think probably the best one we've done we've all done the is Handmaiden. the Handmaiden. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I mean, absolutely. Them. All of us. Apart all of us just absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. You, you all just sound yeah. so relieved to have one that you enjoyed. You're like, it's really really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that maybe come for after a. Uh, I mean, I'd have to check, but definitely, like you a do get a of run turds. of. You do get. A, <laughs> what was the other? You do get a run of, of duds. Let's say. Yeah. yeah. Part time work do Stoker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah, we're going to have to do it as well. So. Yeah, we'll definitely do yeah. Stoker. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a decent one. Anyway, anyway, we're not here to talk about erotic thrillers, although you know, twelve-year-old me would be like, "How can you say that, Kobe?" Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about True Grit. Um, this is your choice. Uh, Matt, can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and then we'll have a synopsis in sixty seconds or less. Um, yes, it was my it was my favourite film from um, from that year, two thousand and ten, I think. Um, and I love the Coen Brothers. I've always loved the Coen Brothers, and I really I basically picked it mostly because I really wanted to revisit it. So I hadn't. I think I only saw it the once when it came out. And mm. um, and I hadn't seen it since, so it was the perfect excuse, basically. I think that's reason enough to. I just want to watch it again. That's why not. That's what Netflix is for. Part of what Netflix is for, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, so, sixty seconds to give us your synopsis starts right about Kisan Fumbling now. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say, <laughs> written and directed by the Coen Brothers, True Grit is adapted from the novel by Charles Portis. Although since the classic John Wayne Weston was also closely adapted from the same source, it's essentially also a remake of the 1969 film, despite Joel and Ethan's protest to the contrary. Haley Steinfeld stars as feisty 14-year-old Matty Ross, who, cre- who recruits boozy, one-eyed U.S. Marshal Rooster Cogburn, Jeff Bridges, to help track down her father's killer, outlaw Tom Chaney, played by Josh Brolin. 
Despite Matty's objections, Cogburn is joined by preening Texas Ranger LeBeuf, or LeBeef, Matt Le- Matt, played by Matt Damon, who's pursuing <laughs> Cheney for a different crime. However, when they try and set out without her, Matty proves she has true grit of her own by riding her horse through a river in order to catch up with them and the three head deep into Indian territory, believing Cheney to have joined another outlaw gang headed by Lucky Ned Pepper, played by Barry Pepper. Oh, look at that. Four seconds to go. <laughs> One of my favourite gags, which was more apparent this time, um, because I now watch everything with subtitles, is calling Matt Damon's character LeBeef instead of LeBeuf, even though the subtitles say Oh, it really Le annoyed me. Does yeah. it annoy you? Yeah, <laughs> I because it was I was like... It's... Gag. Ah, do you think it's a gag? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, I was wondering if it was in America. You know, the Chia LeBeuf. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm like, people say Chia LeBeuf. Why, so why did they say LeBeuf all the time? <laughs> Ah, I didn't even realise it was a gag. I thought it was that they didn't does, know how to pronounce it. Does he introduce himself? Does he not introduce himself as Lebeef, though? I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's the subtitles, it's like, no one's called Lebeef. So, yeah, it's Lebeuf. Yeah. No, yeah. his name is, his, his, his real name, in the, in the credits, his name is Lebeuf. Um, yeah. But, you know, French, French spelling. Yeah. One word, I think, as well. Maybe his own family didn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens, isn't it? A lot of anglicizations come from just, like, people saying, look, it's just easier. Not not yeah. Johansson, it's just Johnson, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can't get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess Helen prepared a list. With, I think the Coen brothers at least tied with uh, Quentin Tarantino before this, but I think now we, they're the most most films from the uh, fame, well, from the directors. That makes no sense as a sentence. Helen, take it Co- away. Coen brothers, <laughs> uh, along with Tarantino, are the most featured directors. So this will be the sixth entry for the Coen brothers so when we do the scoring later we'll see where true grit comes yeah so interesting interesting talking about the the Coen brothers so you're gonna laugh because true grit uh i never watched it because i have to admit i don't really like westerns so that will influence (laughs) my scores and my my criticism of the film but so i had completely forgotten we had directed it Mm. and i was watching it and kind of midway i thought this is quite funny like quirky a bit like you know a bit like oddballs and everything. And I was like, it's a bit like Coeny Brothers, no? Like, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, isn't it them that directed it? And I was like, ah, of course it makes sense now. <laughs> and hence, it's hence the LeBeef the birth gag. Yeah, it might, it might, it might be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Um, I'm not going to, we'll, we'll talk a bit about the Coen Brothers and our relationships with them later on, but let's, let's, let's talk about this. And I think the, um, the most interesting takeaway from this film was when I first saw Matty Ross uh, Hayley Steinfeld. I was like, she's great. I'm sure she'll do nothing else ever because that's what um, actors like her tend to do. But now you thought that she was never yeah. going to do anything else. Because most most of them do. Most of them do. Um, and I thought, yeah, she's 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 not she's not going to be seeing another film. And then like a couple of years later, she's in Pitch Perfect. Now she's like everywhere. And I think she's she's great mm. in uh, Hawkeye, for example. And I think yeah. she's a f- truly fantastic screen presence. And now I rewatch this. I'm like, well, she was great in this. She was undoubtedly. Yeah, She's amazing. amazing yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the teen film called? Seventeen something. Uh, Edge of Seventeen. Edge yeah, we've 17. we've we've had that on here as well. For me, it's Begin Again because I love Begin Again so much as it, she's in it as well as okay. a kind of rebellious, very Is she rebellious. Begin Again? Yeah, she's Mark Ruffalo's daughter. She plays the guitar and uh, everything with them. I didn't know okay. that was her. Oh, okay, I'd forgotten yeah. that. Yeah, nice. And she's a singer in real yes, life as I, well, I so that. she sings a lot. Well, she's yeah, in Pitch so. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she's a proper singer, like a pop singer, you know. She is absolutely, she's absolutely fantastic in this, I think. She absolutely makes this film. Um, and she's certainly head and shoulders above, Kim. I think it's Kim Darby who plays the role in the uh, in the John Wayne version. Like, it's just so much more character to her. I've never seen, I mean, would, would, 
with the John Wayne version allowed a, a sassy youngster to um, over override John Wayne in the way that she did for uh, Jeff Bridges. And I mean, that scene in the, I don't even know what kind of establishment it was, but she, when she was trying to barter for the horses and the ponies, where she's completely yeah. ra- uh, rattles that guy. Um, yeah. I love that line. I yeah. admire your sand. Yeah. <laughs> but does it mean like, they, uh, I admire your sand, actually? It's just an expression. I mean, it's not a real, I think it's probably an invented expression for this, for this movie. Ah, okay. Um, or rather for the, or rather for the book. The book has very, that's the interesting thing actually, is that the, the dialogue is very similar in both versions of the movie. So okay. actually I think a lot of that dialogue came from the book itself. So I think some of the language is invented for the book. Um, I mean, who knows? I admire your sound could well have been an expression, in the, the, but I've never heard it outside of this movie anyway. It just means I admire your spirit. Yeah. Do you guys struggle with understanding their accents or not? Because I did. Yeah, I mean, Cogburn's, Cogburn, Jeff Bridges was deliberately kind of... Growling. Yeah. Mumbling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that was Drunk. one of the big talking points around the film, right? When it first came out, was uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Really? Mm. Then yeah, that people was. couldn't I, I understand definitely... him? I definitely put it in the review. I think it, it, um, it's, 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 it's a conscious choice, obviously, but I think actually it works. Like it's not really important what he's actually saying. I mm. think it actually really works for that character. Normally I hate it. Normally it is incredibly annoying to me when that happens in a movie, but in this particular single case, I think it works. Okay. Helen, where, where are we on, um, on True Grit? So I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before when it came out because, it, because it, I, go to the cinema for the Coens, but I am not a Western fan. They do not excite me and I, I struggle a little bit with them. But for this, I, I'll, I'll give it a pass because there's something about it and I think it is, the acting in it is brilliant and it's it's kind of a bit of an unusual Western story in mm. that it's got kind of the strong female character who almost kind of like out-Westerns the guys in that. and. <laughs> I really like Matt Damon in this. Mm. I, I kind of like it when he plays idiots and um, <laughs> when like, he, like, characters sla- like, when kind of get beaten down. Like randomly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he gets his twig out and, and starts spanking her. Uh, and I also like the idea that this version kind of like gets rid of the John Wayne version because I find him a bit problematic. So, um, mm. you know, this is the version. Um, so while I'm not like yay-ho for westerns i did enjoy watching it i watched it i watched it and i was like i really don't remember that much about it and the mm-hmm. only thing i remember from it is the the kind of near the end where she's been bitten by the snake and they're riding at night and it's kind of like very dreamy in the stars and um they shoot the horse spoiler um and I, little I think blackie, that, poor little blackie yeah <laughs> i think that it's the cohen's bringing their like special style to it, it- it's the it's the most rememberable one, most most rememberable scene, I think. That reminds me. I need to apologise to Emily because I forgot about the snakes. Sorry, yeah. Emily. Are you not a fan of snakes? <laughs> I, I'm very I'm a, I'm very afraid of snakes, and he normally gives me a snake warning. Snake I almost warning. Did, I almost texted you saying thank you for no snake warning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt I felt guilty for not giving you one. I'm really sorry. Oh, uh, it terrified me. Those two snakes over her body. Oh no. Yeah, yeah and, and he bites her as well. So yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Worst possible snake yeah. scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was that was the thing I, I didn't remember that she lost her arm as, as a result of it. Um, because yeah. normally. In films, the snake is like a peril, but nothing comes of it in a way. So this is this is kind of good to see. <laughs> you haven't met Kill Bill <laughs> in Kill Bill, the Black Mamba, then. <laughs> I mean, I have, but it's. Uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm looking. I'm just thinking about two last, not Last Crusade, uh, Red of the Lost Ark, where he's yeah, in a pit of snakes, there. and there's yeah. like nothing going on. There's True. no kind of real threat there. 
obviously medicine was slightly different back then. One thing I um, did sort of um, when I was thinking when I was watching it is that Hangins, hey, I'm glad they are not around because mm, <laughs> they, the, the opening is, is quite grim. And um, just like generally, I don't think I would have survived that well in Western times. No, I think I'd be, well, I would have been killed. Um, many times. Yeah, oh, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> um, but it, the hanging, the hanging does lead to best my, Reeves. Well, true. Uh, the hanging does lead to my one of my favorite gags in the film when they come across that guy hanging super high up in the tree, and he mm. makes a cut, cut, cut him down, saying, like, "I know this guy from way back when." And she goes to the effort of cutting him down, and, and mm-hmm. he goes, and then he drops onto the floor, and he's like, "I do not know this man." <laughs> <laughs> there are loads of little of great little moments in this film i think yeah exactly exactly like that like just throw away just throw away moments and stuff like that a lot of that i don't i don't remember a lot of that from the john wayne version certainly things like that moment i mean it could be in it for all i know but it but it's yeah it's been a long time i don't think i've ever seen one john wayne film um what yeah so i think i haven't either so I think I'm... What? That's why you don't like Westerns, because you haven't seen any no, of the Kobe, great Westerns. No, Kobe, did, Kobe didn't say anything about Western. It was Helen and me. No, I meant Helen. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, but yeah, yeah but Kobe said that he hasn't said it, hasn't seen any John Wayne. It's, I mean, it's interesting what puts people off because I'm not really, I, you know, people listen to this for the umpteenth time. You'll hear me say I'm not really a horror guy, and I, if someone said let's go and watch Western, I'd be like, really? But if someone said let's mm-hmm. go watch True Grit, let's watch Unforgiven, let's watch something, I'd be like, yeah, let's watch it. I think it's sometimes a context of, and so I, I wouldn't even class this as a Western. And also, the term Western can be really broad, like No Country for All Men. People say that's a Western, but I wouldn't call that western so no, i think it's present day isn't it for one thing yeah but some people talk about westerns in the kind of just the the mise- you know having the big it's just white a cowboy hat. it's a western yeah, yeah exactly. i think it's when it takes place in texas or that kind of thing it's yeah. going to be western but yeah. yeah i mean i would i would <laughs> stick to the classic definition for the for, for this. you know for, for categorization purposes but um so what would you say that uh, it, it has to be around uh the conquest of the the west and everything more? yeah it has to be set sort of somewhere in the 1800s and ah. maybe early 1900s and with western kind of scenery and what have you so you see for example what is it um hell or high water i would mm. call it a western as well that's present day as well right yeah, yeah it's present day it's but it's the western i mean it's, it's got western elements yeah sure but i mean yeah. anything where you've got like a bounty hunter and a criminal is is western elements right yeah. but or a, or a or a criminal coming to town and and causing trouble and somebody has to stand up against it that's western elements too but i i yeah i would say has western elements rather than call it an actual western I loved, loved, loved. And I said the names escaped from the HBO show that ran for three seasons with Ian McShane. Um, the what? The uh, Deadwood. 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 Yeah, I loved, ah, Deadwood. I loved that to bits. Um, I I love it too, but I've I've never made it past the fourth episode of the second series. But I've twice I've rewatched it. <laughs> I watched it the first time and stalled then, and then I watched it again and stalled at the same place, and I never got and I never got to finish it. So I've only seen first season and four episodes, but I absolutely love it and will absolutely watch it yeah. at some point. Do you do you like westerns then normally? Then? Me? You, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't when I was. They weren't. Um, 
something I was immediately drawn to when I was a teenager, but I definitely developed a taste for them, um, you know, shortly after, after becoming, uh, you know, after becoming obsessed with films. I do think they're an important part of film history and you do have to, I don't know, I don't have to see the classics, but the classics are great movies. Stagecoach, The Searchers, Red River, you know, all the, all the great Westerns are great Westerns. I, I've <laughs> I seen know. them, but it's just a, <laughs> I think it's always the maybe the the theme itself that I'm not really interested in, you know, like the conquest of the West, uh, just their life in general, and then them going to the saloon and the kind of thing, like, or them the, fighting, like the drool, that kind of. Yeah, thing, I, like, I was find the, the kind of coming of civilization isn't isn't an interesting theme. <laughs> no, I don't really no? care. No, I like. And they're all <laughs> slow, I find, and yeah, just. I think I'm not thing- big into horses, so. Yeah, another thing as well. Like, I think I think the the lawlessness, the lawlessness aspects is the thing that pulls me in more than than anything. But when it comes to like the jewels, just kind of think, guys. But I I think they're all kind of war. And fuck's sake, there's there's better ways to resolve this. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Okay, Coen Brothers films. Where do we sit in general? Emily, start with you. Hit or miss for me. Um, so I really like Oh Brother Where Are Thou, but I think it's the one that is the most goofy, I would say. So I, I think that, uh, see, I would call Oh Brother Where Are Thou a Western as well, Matt, maybe, be, maybe because of the staging where it takes place or something. But um, I think that at least it's uh, it's very goofy. So I think I like the very goofy um, Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like uh, where is it inside the uh, Lewin Davis. Davis. I just I like them, but I've never praised them to the to the gods. You know, like <laughs> I think I think they are great um, story writers. I like their lines and everything, but otherwise it's just yeah, I'm not a huge huge fan of them. I don't even like Fargo that much. It's just it's not really my holy shit. Okay, I know Matt. I. I do love the Coen Brothers and have loved them since probably since Miller's Crossing. I think was that's still my favourite, and that's that's the one that kind of really made me fall in love with them. Um, but I will say that Inside Lewin Davis is probably the last one of their films that I really loved, and uh, and maybe they are a bit hit and miss around then. Um, I I I mean you know I love the Hudsucker Proxy. I love the Big Lebowski. Mm. I wasn't as keen on Fargo for uh, for a long time. Um, as as the others around, certainly when it came out, it was my least favourite. Um, but it's grown on me since, partly as a result of the TV show. I really love the Fargo TV show. Mm. I, you know, revisited the movie because of that, and uh, and yeah, you got it. Um, this I would place very highly. I think this is probably among my favourite Coen Brothers films. Definitely top five. Uh, is the one I'm, I'm not so keen on. Um, obviously, nobody really likes what's the one with George Clooney and Catherine yeah, Zeta-Jones. Um, intolerable beauty, cruelty. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Inter- yeah, intolerable, yeah. intolerable cruelty. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't really watched it, but I haven't. Yeah, Hell Caesar. I'm, he's Caesar. I'm right in the middle on. I really love yeah. the um, the setting and the obviously the dialogue and the and the performances. And yeah. yeah, there are some lines that that I love from it, but I don't think it's as great a film as as their other films. Yeah. Um, Helen, what about, I, yeah. where, where we've obviously discussed Combs quite a bit on this, so. Yeah, so very much like like hard like their nineties film probably. The, them for me were all um big hits. And then probably the same, like uh I find some some of the more recent ones have been a bit hit and miss for me. But then again, like some some of them maybe I didn't quite get the first time round. Like I had a better experience with No Country for Old Men the second time round. But 
yeah a bit bit more hit and miss um the big lebowski like absolutely love and fargo absolutely love and Miller's crossing and we've already mentioned inside lauren davis but like the ballad of buster scruggs oh no no absolutely oh, not. It bad? Yeah. <laughs> and not bad. i didn't it's really like that i love the actual ballad of buster scruggs i wasn't yeah. so keen on the list on the other on the other films in that that's the thing with the vignette portman two films um it almost seems like a bit of a cop-out that you're having multiple films in one but also it gives you the kind of opportunity just to watch the section that you like more um and that's the same like hail caesar essentially it was the same kind of thing wasn't it It a a melange of of set pieces um i'd rather have a narrative although i did i did enjoy aspects of buster screws and enjoy aspects of hail caesar a lot um but guys time's running out let's head to the scores I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the Stripped Media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome to the Flix Watcher scores on the spreadsheet of dreams. All of the scores are out of five and you may have decimal places. And we will start with you, please, Matthew, with your recommendability. I mean, I love this film. Uh, I gave it five stars when it came out. Um, I reviewed it for, for View London, like I said, when it when it first came out. And I, I stand by that five stars. So I'm going full five. Wow. There we go. Out of the gate. Emily. You know, what? I'm going to get 2.5 because Ooh. I would recommend it to people that like Westerns. So for people that don't like Westerns, I wouldn't really recommend it. 2.5. Not even for a great Hayley Steinfeld performance. I would say watch Dickinson or Age of 17 or something. See, well, <laughs> what we get is pandering to the other person. You know, I, I do like seeing this. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I think if you kind of like Westerns, then um, you, you, you will probably like it. But I think if you're a fan of the Coens and, and you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. And the, the three main performances are really good. They're more of a selling point for me than the kind of like Western vibes, um, like particularly Matt Damon when he, he uh, ends up like biting his tongue off. I just think that's a really uh, funny <laughs> performance. So um, yeah, for, for a strong four. Josh Berlin's really great in it too. Like they're, they're constantly moaning about how, how badly his life's turned out. <laughs> I, really, I really love that little, you know, character bit. I, I'm going to 4.2. I, I remember it's, I think I enjoyed I saw it. I did see it in the cinema when it first came out and enjoyed it then. Hadn't revisited it then. Um, and I really was looking forward to watching it again after this. And, was, uh, you know, I had forgotten a lot that happened in it and really, really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it to people. Uh, okay, do you know what? Changed my score to three. Because <laughs> I, I, I was harsh. So three. Um, Matt, repeat being score. Um, yeah, I'd give it five. I mean, I, like I said, I hadn't actually rewatched it since um, since it came out, but I really, really enjoyed rewatching it. So I would definitely Oof. watch it again. Emily, let's say four, four. Okay, Emily, is that your first? Is this your first time watching it, Emily? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I would rewatch it to be honest. Uh, I would give three as well. Fairly, fairly gracious for something you're not going to watch again, um, Helen. Yeah. So uh, second time round, it, it's. It's close. It's pushing the two-hour mark, so it's not going to be one I'm going to rush back to. But if 
someone was to say, do you want to watch it? I wouldn't be like, oh my God, no, please don't make me do it. So um, um, a, a three? Yeah, um, 10 years apart since watching it the first time, or 10 years plus. Um, and I think it probably benefits forgetting stuff that happened uh, to get the most out of it. So I will watch it again, uh, but not frequently. So yeah, 3.29. when you've got a spreadsheet guys you can do anything you want a small screen score matt right so again uh again as in also along with um into the wild i watched this on the ipad specifically for this part of the podcast and yeah i have to say it was obviously you missed the you missed the sort of grandeur of the western scenery and the settings and what have you in the widescreen you know the full-on screen um scenery Mm -hmm. But I would say it definitely held my attention on the on the small screen. So yeah, it's you're not going to lose all that much by watching on the small screen. So three point five. Emily. Yeah, I think that co- compared to Into the Wild, where I think you're really missing out on the scenery. I didn't think that this one is really. I mean, it's obviously it's well filmed, the Roger Deakins and everything. But yeah, I think you don't miss out that much by watching it on a smaller screen. So I would say three point five. Helen. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I saw it at the cinema, but memory is very hazy. Um, I, I, I had a fine time watching this. Um, I, I watched it on my iPad, actually. And um, yeah, I think because like, the, the story is more of a pull than me, it doesn't necessarily need to be watched on a, on a big screen. So I might give it a five, actually. Yeah, I was surprised this rewatch how much I felt I didn't need to see in a cinema. Because uh, I think it was more about the dialogue and inter- interplay between the characters um, than yeah. than anything else. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to go for four. And the there are the, there, sorry, I think there are the the occasional shot definitely merits. Like there's the occasional shot, like where it's you know there are there are tiny figures in the distance, and they, and you just have the landscape and little figures in it, and mm-hmm. things like that benefit from a big screen. But other than that, yeah. And, and the score maybe, but I had headphones on, so I felt like the sound was in my brain type thing. So, oh, engagement score, Matt. Um, yeah, fully, fully engaged. Uh, again, four. Emily. I wasn't fully engaged, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, to be honest, I think for me that it was just the last scene which I really enjoyed. So basically, I'm scared of Snake, but I thought it was really thrilling, really scary, and I really loved the scene afterwards with the horse when he stabs the horse to, for it to be faster. So that bit, I, I got more engaged. But in the middle and kind of beginning, I was kind of checking my phone as well. So I was at two point five. Helen. Uh, yeah, I'll go for a solid four as well. Um, it, it probably could be a little bit tighter, um, just as a kind of a, a bit of time where they're sort of on the trail and it goes cold and there's a little bit of like waiting for them to kind of find him or the next thing to happen. But yeah, I, I was engaged and I couldn't remember enough for me to be like double screening or anything like that. So yeah, a good four. Uh, 4.1. Um, I think benefiting from the fact that I hadn't seen it for a while. <laughs> more than anything um and i forgot what the story was like like i say i forgot that she got bitten and forgot that her arm fell off um <laughs> so it's quite nice to like shit that, that happens yeah so it gives us an overall score of 3.75563 so going back to our list of other coen brothers films helen how does this rank so um it, it it's in the middle ah. so at the bottom we've got the ballad of buster scruggs and then we've got no country for old men 
Then we've got True Grit. Can we, can we have some scores here to compare? All right, sorry. So Ballad of Buster Scruggs is 3.03. Then we've got True Grit with 3.75. No Country for Old Men is 3.96. Burn After Reading, 4.10. What? I was so surprised that because you scored that quite low. Yeah, I did. And I, I think the person who brought it then upped everything to a five. <laughs> five, 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 five. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think I, I was quite surprised at how much I enjoyed the, the second time, Burn After Reading. Um, so... Oh, yeah, anyway, can't, what, what I need to really watch Burnout to Reading, to be fair. It's not one I've got fond mem- memories of. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better than True Grit, according to the scores here. Um, carry on. Outrageous. 4.46, we've got Fargo, and the, the, the winner is The Big Lebowski with 4.67. Well, they've got loads okay, of other I films. I can't argue with that. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah so look, Porter, you know, inside Lewin Davis, a, a, a brother with that now, um, was the first one that did. Um, Blood Simple, not Blood Simple. Sorry, not the first one. One with uh, John Raising Arizona. Raising yeah. Arizona. I love that. To be, I'd love that to be on Netflix and for someone to choose it. Um, yeah, so they've got so many films. It'd be great to just have them all on here, right? Right. So we have one person who's commented on Twitter. So guys, listening, if you are listening to us uh, for the first time, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. Uh, one of the main reasons to follow us is because before we record, we put a shout out out asking for you guys to comment and be a part of the show. And we put a tweet out like this. We're reviewing True Grit with the only Cleo Luna, that's Emily, and at FilmFan1971, that's Matt, from A Fatal Attract Pod, that's their podcast. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score are five stars for an on-air shout out. I don't know what that is. For an on-air shout out. <laughs> on Flixwatcher. Um, we had one response. So this one's from Matthew O'Connor. True Grit should be on the school curriculum. The soundtrack is extraordinary, as is Bridges. Few people tell stories as well as the Coens. Five out of five. So he won the, the Academy Award the year after this, didn't he, for like Wild at Heart. Was Crazy not Heart. Wild at Heart. Crazy Heart, yeah. Heart. And I think a lot of people were like, yeah, because it should have got for True Grit. It's one of those yeah. kind of things, wasn't it? Yeah. He should have got it for the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's too comedic, though. Do you know what? So apparently I was listening to your podcast about True Grit today, and it's one of the most nominated films that ever went home empty-handed. Mm, I can you imagine got that. 10, nomi- 10 nominations. That many? So yeah. Oh, wow. 10 nominations, and you can get one Oscar. Wow. That's 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 harsh. But again, yeah. it's like it's slightly fun, isn't it? So they don't know how to deal with that. Maybe maybe the it was it was a better year for the films. I've got the nominees. Do you want me to read off the, what it was nominated for? Yeah, r- rattle them off, yeah. Uh, best Picture, Best best, best Actor, uh, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, Directors, Best screen, best Adapted Screenplay, Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Costume Design, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Best Achievement in Sound Editing, Best Achievement in Art Direction, and that's it. So, yeah. Who who shot this? Deakins. Deakins. Well, I was going to say, I was just going to... Yeah, I mean... Robbed De- again. Deacon's robbed again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just Deacon's life, isn't it? He's, he's happy now. He's got his Oscars. Um, <laughs> Amelie, Matt, can you tell us where we can find you online and say goodbye to the listeners? Okay, I'm uh, Matthew Turner. I'm at Filmfair1971 on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. And I uh, uh, there's the podcast, obviously, at Fatal Attract Pod. And I do a Hidden Gems column on Vodzilla, um, which is essentially like the the best films you probably haven't seen on Netflix and the best films you haven't probably haven't seen on uh, Amazon Prime and that's basically sort of my pride and joy as a critic I do lots of other reviews for other things as well but that's the things I'd point you in the direction of 
Nice. Uh, I'm at I'm at the only Cleo Luna, and you can hear me on the podcast as well on the Fatal Attractor Pod. So. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us, and thanks everyone who's listening. Thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you very much. much. Bye. Goodbye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 